0: MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you.
1: Thank you.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doan's The Spark. I'm Junior Doan and thank you for joining us today. With me is my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Koperski, professor of philosophy at the Saginaw Valley State University and author of Physics of Theism, God, Physics, and the Philosophy of Science. Welcome, Jeff. What does philosophy encompass?
1: Philosophy is incredibly broad. So we do everything from, from ethics to logic Metaphysics, which has to do with the nature of reality itself. Epistemology is how we know that reality, and on through to more specialized areas, like the philosophy of science, that's what I specialize in. Philosophy of religion. um, Aesthetics, which has to do with the philosophy of art. So it's it's an incredibly broad field.
2: Well, the philosophy of religion focuses on what?
1: Philosophy of religion is very close to uh, systematic theology. So uh, it'll have to do with matters of the existence of God, uh, what do we want to say about the different religions? How do we relate different, different religions? Um, arguments, again, for the existence of God. Problems for God. Uh, problem of evil is a classic big problem. If, if God is all-knowing all, all and all-loving, um, all good, then, then why is there evil in the world? It's a classic a It's a classic good problem. question. It is a very good question. My students like that question very much. So, uh, yes, those are all big questions, big standard questions in the philosophy of religion.
2: Is there a standard definition of what God is?
1: No. <laughs> so, <laughs> Give us a few. <laughs> uh, well, if we start with, say, just the, well, there's different sorts of theism. So you have polytheism. That would be the, the, the ancient Greeks with lots of different gods that, that are very much like us, us. Uh, just better, uh, bigger, better, more powerful. Uh, up through monotheism, so this sort of thing you'll find in Ju- Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And that is a sort of different being. So yes, yes, intelligent. Uh, yes, loving, but not just a, a bigger, better version uh, of us, so it 's easier to give examples I think than, than, than give you a definition thats that 's one nice thing about teaching the philosophy of religion when the students come in, uh, unlike some areas of philosophy, they already they already know some stuff they already have some beliefs about you know the nature of God and, uh, and, and our place in and, and god 's creation or or they could be atheists and agnostics. so I, I really don 't have to define that particular term
2: what are they interested in? when they sign up for your course?
1: Um, they don't necessarily know uh, if, it's, if it's philosophy of religion. Um, they, they know they have some maybe religious beliefs or, or anti-religious beliefs, and, and they might want to talk about that. And it's not until we get into the class where I start laying out the issues, uh, and they realize uh, theists, for example, I, I have Christians in the class who, who maybe want to have a number of different things true uh, about God. Uh, and sometimes those things uh, may may not fit together uh, so nicely, and so they see that uh, maybe some view that they have there's a there's a tension there or an argument against it um, and and so that's when the class gets interesting when they start you know trying to you know, put everything together uh, and sometimes things fit together nicely and sometimes they, they don't fit together nicely
2: sometimes I read that there's a tussle between faith and knowledge
1: faith and knowledge science and religion um, mm-hmm. There has been a, a stereotype that's been around, a line that's been uh, uh, actively and intentionally passed down that the two are, are in conflict or at, at war with one another. Um, I think that's one of the, the great myths that I, I try to take on uh, in my writing. Uh, no, uh, virtually no scholar, I think I could say no scholar, actually holds a, a conflict view or a warfare view between, between science and religion. Um, that is uh, a view that, that's been promoted by people who generally don't like religion all that well. So <laughs> they, oh. they, they want to say, science it's science versus religion, uh, science wins, and so religion should just go away. They're the ones who like the, the conflict And
2: model. give us a couple of other scenarios how you or others might see it besides that
0: one.
1: The standard ones um, would be independent, apart from conflict, independence. So some have argued that that the two realms Science and, 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 and religion are simply their own sort of disciplines and they don't overlap at all. And since they, they don't overlap, they, they can't even possibly conflict. And so people have said that um, science is the realm of, of fact and knowledge and experiment and religion is the realm maybe of, of value and ethics. And so they're just, they're just completely different things. They can't conflict in the same way um, auto mechanics can't conflict with, with, with baking. They just, they're just different sorts of things. Um, I think that view at, and the conflict view both, both are problematic. Um, the, the most popular one among scholars is what's been called dialogue, that there's there's some sort of uh, interrelation between the two uh, and that the two disciplines can, can learn from each other. And certainly historically that has been the case.
2: What, what can they learn from each other?
1: The easiest answer to the question is if we look back in history, uh, the, the main um, uh, contribution for religion uh, into science was during the time of what we call now the, the scientific revolution. So before that time, if you went back to the, the time of the ancient Greeks, um, Aristotle and, and through the Middle Ages um, didn't believe in the laws of nature. They believed that, that nature was orderly, but they didn't believe that there were laws that, that mm-hmm. in some sense made things be a, a certain way. So for Aristotle, if I, if I pick up the, the glass and let it fall, I won't do it, but I'll, <laughs> <if> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, let, it, I'll let it drop. Um, and it will always do that. Every time you pick up a rock, it will always fall. For Aristotle, the reason for that was um, that, that rocks have, a, have an internal essence to them. And in some sense, they, they literally want to get to the center of the earth. That's why they, they fall when I, when I drop the rock. Um, it wasn't until the time of, uh, of Descartes, uh, er, the early modern period, um, 17th century. Descartes, uh, Isaac Newton, Boyle, all the big names that you would you would see if you were looking into the history of science, were this notion that, that that nature was governed by laws came mm-hmm. into place. It was a very theistic notion. They, they believed there was a God, and that this God had, had created a world that was orderly and had made it law-like. So the laws of nature, from their point of view, were, had to do with, um, with, with God and what God had ordained. And so that's one big contribution. We still use that notion. If you you take a physics class or a chemistry class today, you're probably not going to hear that that notion of laws of nature came from a theistic background. Uh, But of course, we still use the notion of laws of nature and the uniformity of nature, that the the laws are the same here locally as they are out around Andromeda and the like. There are lots of of notions in science that we still make use of uh, that came very clearly, historically, from from a theistic point of view.
2: Did Darwin, and I'm trying to remember the other man's name who lived out in Asia and um, who really sort of developed or proved, so to speak, evolution, mm-hmm. that changed the concept of religion? At <laughs> its time? No? Yes?
1: Yes, and no. I mean, some, some it, people reacted to it differently. So, so some of, some of uh, Darwin's closest associates were, were theists, were Christians, and you know, saw, no, saw no conflict you know, between the two. Uh, saw ways that the two could be made compatible, and I still I think that to that is today probably the ma- majority view. Of course, there are others who thought that they they can't be compatible, and that Genesis, the early chapters of Genesis, should be interpreted in, in one particular way uh, that is in conflict with with an the, with the old Earth and with um, Darwinian evolution. The ironic thing is that uh, around 1900, if you went o- back just over 100 years ago, uh, young Earth creationism uh, w- was was much less popular then than it is today. So most Christian leaders around 1900 had no problem with the notion that the, that the Earth has been around for, for millions or billions of years. Um, uh, they might have had some problems with the notion of, of Adam and Eve uh, and, and how that all gets fit together, but the notion that um, somehow young Earth creationism is, is the standard view, uh, that's more popular today than it was, well, it was 100 years ago.
2: In your book you talk about methodologies, mm-hmm. some scientific methodologies mm-hmm. could apply to religion. What did you have in mind?
1: Well, there's things, I think, in terms of what does science ultimately do, how does science explain and come up with new theories and the like. there's all different forms of, of logic that are involved. There's deduction, there's induction. But in general, for the most part, it's what philosophers call inference to the best explanation. Mm. So there's- and this
2: Inference to the best explanation. Inference to the
1: best explanation. And, and you're familiar with this because th- you do this all the time. Uh, and, and your doctor does this. If you, if you have, a, have some sort of symptoms of, of some sort of illness, you go to your physician. Uh, they take your family history. They listen to what you have to say. Um, and maybe run some tests. And then when all the data is compiled, they come up with the best overall explanation for all the information that they have. And the best explanation, then, is the one they usually go with. They'll they'll make a prescription based on the best explanation they can come up with. This is what scientists typically do as well. Uh, They have some some data, they have, background knowledge of general things they think that, that already have been shown about the nature of reality and whatever the area that the scientist is, is working in, and all told them, given their background knowledge, uh, given the data, uh, given the input of other experts, they will come up with the best explanation for whatever the phenomena is. I think that same sort of thing happens in religion as well. I think that... Should I think it that happen that, more? Um, it, it, it absolutely should. Yes, <laughs> it, it absolutely should, uh, and, but I don't think it's fundamentally... Um, this is one of the reasons why I don't like that, uh, that independence model uh, of science and religion, because ultimately, I think that we're all doing the same sort of thing. We're all taking all the knowledge we have and all the stuff that we can find out about the world, and we're trying to come up with the overall best explanations we have for all sorts of things. Ultimately, that's, that's what religion and the, and the various religions are doing. They're trying to come up with the, the best theories of God and faith and the things that they think to be true about nature and the universe.
2: How does the concept of miracles fit into this?
1: Miracles are going to be part of religion and typically not part of science. That, that's true. Um, miracles are interesting. Um, that's really what, what some of my most recent work has been on. Um, miracles are interesting because m- most people, when they think about it, and want to give perhaps a definition of miracle, uh, is that miracles uh, are violations of the laws of nature. Generally, they would say it's God, If there's gonna be a miracle, it's God who's doing it, and that if God is going to do something here, uh, then he's gotta, gotta violate the laws of nature. I don't think that's true. Um, I think there are, there are uh, ways that God could uh, behave and, and act within nature that don't violate uh, God's own laws. Um, but yeah, there, that is gonna be a, a place where um, you ride on the intersection between, between science and religion, for sure.
2: One could say that there are forces that one doesn't understand that caused whatever is defined as a miracle, Mm. or that it comes from something we can't even say Mm -hmm. or didn't notice. You know, sometimes I look at these Escher paintings, you know, you can do up the stairway, down the stairway differently just depending on how you take it in, Mm -hmm. you know, and oftentimes I'll lose a ring or my glasses and, you know, I know they're around and I'm hunting and hunting and I don't see them. I keep going to the same places, my desk over and over again, and suddenly they're there. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, how is it that I just didn't see them Mm -hmm. last night or this morning? And I can't explain that other than my eyesight Mm -hmm. tuned them out, Mm -hmm. even though I had in mind to see them. Do you have a, a comment on that or an explanation of that? An
1: explanation? I, I think, I think th- what you just said at the end there is probably right, that it's, it's more of a, a psychological matter that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, our expect if you had expectation that your glasses weren't in some place, uh, then, yeah, we often fail to see things that we, we aren't expecting to, to see there. So I think that's, I think that's, that's a question more for, for psychology than, uh, than philosophy.
2: But it could raise a, really a spiritual question as well, could it not? if we're looking for something or looking not to find something. <laughs> oh, sure.
1: Oh, <laughs> cer- certainly our expectations, our, our background knowledge and expectations when we're approaching something that, that some people might consider to be a miracle, uh, others will not because of, of where they're coming from to actually you know view or discuss that matter, certainly.
2: I, um, I always look for fact, and then I started to say, wait a minute let's get more finesse in this, let's get more subtlety. Mm -hmm. If we assume this happened, could it have happened for this reason or that understanding or this or that, and all of a sudden, for myself, I saw complexity. Mm. You know, the interrelationship of the not asked and not known (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And our culture, I don't think, lives in that space right now. But I think it's a useful um, position to at least personalize, to ask your, yourself, what am I missing? You know, many many how-
1: of us are awfully sure of ourselves. There, there's no doubt about that, uh, even in areas uh, that where we don't necessarily have any, any training. We're, you know, we, all of our Twitter followers agree, and so you know, we, we're all online with you know, some particular perspective. Yes, that's true
2: i am been practicing something that, late, as I mentioned just before we began, I was invited to the National Prayer mm-hmm. Breakfast. And out of that, I listened to a lot of people in the surround events and so forth. And one of the things that I came out with was, open your heart, because they emphasize what do we have in common. Not mm-hmm. our differences, what do we have in common, mm-hmm. you know, what do we share. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a u- personally useful, but also society societal usefulness, mm-hmm. what do we have in common first, rather than the fight is on about. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> about this and that. That's right. But do you feel or know or um, postulate that ethics are different in the different religions? Sometimes you read, oh, they're all the same, and but are they?
1: There, there are, there are differences. Um, certainly, um, there are fewer differences I think within uh, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. There's going to be a lot of similarity there. Uh, more differences between, say, Christianity and and, and Eastern thought. Um, but for the most part, um, I would say, uh, e- in terms of ethics, uh, there's an awful lot of agreement. Yes, I think there's a, there is a, there is an awful. It's not it's not the same. It's not uniform. But I think there is a lot of agreement when it comes to ethics.
2: Um, and what is important to know uh, and practice once you've taken your course?
1: Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, depends on the course. There, there are different sorts of cor- you know, courses that I teach. For for the ethics courses, um, they tend to be fairly practical, and so I really do hope that um, my, my engineers, I, te- I teach engineering ethics. Oh, so kind of like Kind of like business ethics or, or uh, healthcare ethics. This mm. is aimed at engineers and computer scientists. So I, I do hope that, that, yes, they will have a fighting chance of making um, better decisions when they're out there in the business world. Um, some of the things you f- are faced with out there aren't the sort of ethical decisions you're used to making just interpersonally or, or with one's family. So that one has a very, very practical uh, application. Um, and then for others, th- th- for the other classes, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope they're more curious. Uh, I hope they're maybe less, less dogmatic, uh, depending on which way they, they come from. Um, I, I hope they, they, they take a, a bigger scope, uh, a, a bigger approach uh, to some important questions, certainly.
2: For the engineering course, what, mm-hmm. what are the questions, they, three questions, two questions, one question that they ought to ask themselves as they go about <sighs> their professional career?
1: Um, Applications. Applications, well, um, some of them overlap with with, uh, matters of uh, of business, which you'd see in business ethics, things like uh, conflicts of interest uh, and the like. But primarily, um, again and again, it'll be a matter of safety, uh, that that engineers uh, are are in a particular place, a unique place, for the systems that they're working on to actually be able to foresee what could possibly go wrong, who could be hurt and how, and if, if they don't, see those things or ignore them uh, or just assume that somebody else has, has got all that wrapped up um, uh, and so it's really not their job if that's their approach that then, then people get hurt again and again and again uh, we, we see case studies which is what we do a lot of in that class where where people are getting hurt um not because it's evil people are are taking advantage it's just uh, uh decent people who who aren't thinking that they have a, an, an ethical obligation uh to, to get all oh, the details
2: interesting mm-hmm. What is evil in your opinion?
1: What is evil? Um, depends what you're asking. I, I mean, if, if we're talking about the nature of evil itself, um, I, I'll go back to um, to Augustine, who I still think had the best answer. Um, literally, um, uh, evil does not exist, which, doesn't mean I'm just denying it and closing my eyes to evil, but the nature of evil um, is much like um, the the nature of darkness. So if they shut off all the lights in here, uh, it's going to get really dark. But I don't think that darkness comes flooding into the studio. I think that a dark room is a room where there's an absence of light. uh, And that was Augustine's um, analogy, that that the relation between light and and darkness is like good and evil. So there's a reality to good. but. What evil, what we call evil, situations that we rightly call evil, is where there is an absence of good. So it's not good and evil are not equal and opposite. It's not like positive and negative charge. Mm. There's, a, there's a reality to goodness um, that, that there is not an evil. But where goodness is lacking, that's what we, that's what we call evil. That's, a, that's at least a theistic answer to the question.
2: Uh, but maybe incomplete from my point of view, because sure. that, <laughs> is, that assumes that someone turned out the lights. But mm-hmm. who is the someone? Oh, when there's intention to turn out the light, oh sure, there's responsibility.
1: Yes. So this, this goes back to that big question about the problem of evil, right? Yes. If, they're, if, they're, if God is all-good and all-powerful, then how do we account for evil in the world? What you're what you're um, gesturing toward is what uh, philosophers would call the free will defense. That, that well, that, I'm an American. Okay, well, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we believe it all. <laughs> we, we live choice. We do, we do. So, but it, for people who have free will, and that's that's all of us. Um, uh, and, and if you think that, um, that that we ultimately then are. are um, creatures who were created by God, uh, maybe through a process, um, but here we are, we're, we're something like what God uh, wanted to make us. Um, but God gave us free will. Well, it looks like that the having of free will uh, in, entails that the, the possibility of people with that free will using it badly. And so uh, when people use their free will to, to, to do evil acts, um, I, don't, I don't think that's on God. That's not God's responsibility for that. It's the, it's the evil person. I, c- I can remember in, in September 11th, People asking how could how could God let this happen? I remember seeing people on TV. How could God let, let this happen? Well, it wasn't wasn't God who knocked down the buildings, right? It was it was people who, who used their free will and used it badly in this case. And the responsibility for that is on the on those people with making that that poor free will choice. Um, that's not on God. I think God wants us to uh, exercise our free will. Wants us to have free will. It doesn't want us to to be uh, robots, automata. He could make us behave perfectly. Uh, in every situation, he, j- he just would have to take away free will. Um, but I don't think he wants to relate to us as persons um, that, that, that lack yeah, free will, that relate to us as, as robots.
2: Uh, during that period, I never mis- mistaken the idea that ours was the only culture, mm-hmm. because I thought, horrible as it is, it's their culture mm-hmm. that deemed it a good, mm-hmm. you know? If you're not Islamic, you're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're the great Satan or whatever. And I, what I learned from that is, you know, <laughs> things are not equal, you know. You have to watch the culture, but more particularly, you have to watch inside yourself. Mm-hmm. That what you do, you know, looking for the ramifications, short-term and long-term, because inevitably there are long-term things you don't expect to. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, I, yeah, I,
1: unforeseen, unforeseen um, consequences, yeah, unforeseen effects. That's a difficulty for all of us, you
2: know. It is a difficulty, and I'm not sure I, th- I think sometimes we're so impulsive that I I just wonder how it is. So I study myself inside because I people talk to me, oh, we have to have world peace, and I tell them start with yourself. It would be, helpful. you know, if you have <laughs> peaceful inside, you know, peaceful feelings towards people, towards yourself, towards your environment, helpful. That's peaceful. That you can teach. If you're angry and you want to do this and you're rebelling and you're the resistance, you're the you're the whatever whatever. You're not in a peaceful place inside.
1: We're much, we're much better at at, at finding fault in, in, in others. That's for sure. Uh, other people that have different political views within our culture, people that are in, in, in other cultures. Um, it's always easier to, to point the figure, the finger. Uh, and, and certainly for it, the, the place to start, I think is you're exactly right. It, it's it's a change uh, w- within us. Uh, uh, matter, matters of virtue, matters of character. Uh, with us as individuals. If we if we can't do that, if we can't become somewhat better as indiv- individuals, then the society is not going to get any better. And it's not going to be by simply passing a law that things are going to get better.
2: Part of me thinks that we should encourage our young and old to ask big questions. What would those couple of questions be? Well, I
1: am a theist, so I think what, whether God exists and whether what, what God's role is uh, in our lives and, and His desire for us as as people in society, I think it's a, it's a good big question. Uh, matters of ethics, um, like we were talking about before, uh, for the most part, I think people just fly by the seat of their pants. They they just they just react, uh, and whatever they come up with, they kind of think, well, that that's fine. Um, and so, it, and it's it's awfully odd, um, especially say. When it comes to the existence of God, that um, um, I think many people just think, well, I can I can just think about it. So I can sit quietly in my room for a while and, and maybe light a candle or something and and reflect, and then I will I will just we'll come up with the right answer. And so, um, you know, we would never take that approach uh, for dentistry or, you know, anything. else. There's always, you know, we look for people who actually have knowledge, have answers. Uh, We go to them and try to get some expertise involved. Uh, There's almost nothing in life where we think we can just come up with the right answer on our own. For some reason, uh, matters of religion and and sometimes matters of ethics, we think that without any input from anybody else, uh, we can just kind of, Think about it and and there I, I've got it and I'm good.
2: And what about this concept of a closed universe versus an
1: open universe? As far as you mean whether wh- the universe will go on forever, expanding forever?
2: Uh, the or, will of God. Or, in I
1: see, I, I'm sorry, I, I, was, I, I see what you mean. Um, sure, so scientists Scientists will, will generally assume. When we, this goes back to that question of miracles. Um, that, that the universe is, is closed in the sense that whatever, whatever happens here uh, is, is merely a matter of, of um, naturalistic forces and causes bumping together to produce um, some sort of effect. Uh, of, of course, if there, if there is a God, um, and, and it's not quite, right, it's a little naive to talk about God being outside the universe. It's not like it's a it's a snow globe that, that you know God, God is watching. I think. God's relation to the universe is, is, is more complicated than that. Um, but this notion of, of an open universe is such that, yes, God can, God can do things uh, here, answer prayer and, and do other sorts of things w- within our universe. And so some people want, want to deny that and, and keep God as, say, merely a creator uh, and maybe a sustainer of the universe. And that's it. That's, that's, all, that's all God can do. Uh, but you
2: see it, um, excuse me,
1: go yeah, ahead. Well, and, but others others want a more interactive view. They think, no, actually, God, God, there is such a thing as answered prayer. And there are things God does uh, throughout time apart from just creation itself.
2: Oh, interesting. I always wondered if there's a God, why did he create cockroaches?
1: Well, yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a reason, but I don't know uh, if I have please it. Please <laughs> tell me.
2: <laughs> anyway, I, I thank you for being part of the program. Oh, I'm and very glad to be here. Uh, I'm very glad to have had this uh, conversation. So, there are several things we need to consider in our life what's knowable based on methodology, epistemology, and what's opinion? We need to think about the open and closed universe and the concept of evil within ourselves and also outside. And is evil the absence of um, light, as he said, and that makes the darkness, or as in fact as it, it encompasses free will, just something to think about. And also that if you live your life in a reflective way, yours is richer, he talks about sitting aside quietly, having a candle, we're so busy, but The person and the guy, I align with God personally, and I know when I'm off, and I try every day to say, please, what is it you direct me to do? What do I need to say? Maybe the right thing to everybody. It doesn't mean it always works, but I try to have some consciousness about this. So it's not important if you believe you don't believe Understand science, understand not all knowledge is known now. As he says in his book, it's true until it's falsified. And thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. And remember, go out and be kind for someone you know and someone you don't know and do it again. Thank you so much. So, thank you.
0: To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Dones The Spark. Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov mctv.